Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes in defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 95 is entitled, The Stories of the New Testament, Matthew Chapter 9. We offer a weekly podcast, Monday through Friday. Each Friday we discuss the New Testament, King James Version. We are now in Matthew Chapter 9. Chapter 9 begins with Jesus healing a man who was paralyzed. Matthew 9, 6-8 But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled, and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Faith is the first principle of the gospel because it is the principle of power. However, not only is faith the principle of power, faith is also the principle of action. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 For we walk by faith, not by sight. As we see from the healing of the paralytic, faith, which is the principle of action and power, always precedes the miracle. Without faith, there can be no miracle. Even Christ was restricted by the faith of those whom he healed. But faith also precedes hope. In fact, as we increase in faith, we increase in hope. 2 Corinthians 10.15 Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. Galatians 5.5 For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Faith even precedes charity. 1 Timothy 1.5 Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart, and of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned. Faith also precedes salvation. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Paul tells us that faith is a law. Romans 3.27 Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. So what is faith? Again, we look to Paul. Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. The key words are substance and evidence. Synonyms for substance are matter, material, element, mass, reality, actuality, realness, factuality, essence, essential part, solidity, and significance. Synonyms for evidence are proof, confirmation, verification, validation, authentication, testimony, witness, substantiate, corroborate, confirm, validate, 
authenticate. Faith then gives reality or factuality to that which we hope for. That is why faith must precede hope. Without faith, hope is merely a wish, a want, or a desire without substance or essence or materiality. Hope must be compounded with faith for it to be real. The second part, evidence, is even stronger. Faith provides the proof or confirmation or validation for that which is unseen. Faith allows us to see it with spiritual eyes. Faith is why we are able to bear testimony of the divinity of Jesus Christ without ever having seen him. Paul also said, Ephesians 3.17 That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. In healing the paralytic, Christ said a peculiar thing. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins are forgiven thee. We learn something very important about the healing process. When it is done by the power of Christ, one is also forgiven of one's sins. With the healing of the body comes a sanctification of the soul. One is healed both temporally and spiritually. The healing process is spiritual as well as temporal. Christ, perceiving their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts, for whether is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. There's even a deeper meaning. It refers to the fall of Adam. Original sin is forgiven. It shows that Christ has the power to redeem all mankind from the fall. Following the miracle of healing the man sick of the palsy, we have one of the greatest miracles of Christ. He raises the daughter of Jairus from the dead. However, while Christ is on the way to the ruler's house, a peculiar thing happens. It is unique among the miracles because the woman with the issue of blood does not ask Christ for a miracle. Her faith is so strong that she feels if she but touches the Savior's garment, she can be healed. Matthew nine twenty through 22 And behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said unto herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. We have a more complete account of the miracle in Mark and Luke. Since Mark and Luke gave similar accounts, I shall give the account of Mark. Mark five twenty-five through 34 And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, 
turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of the plague. We do not know the woman's history, but it is reasonable to assume that she followed Christ and observed his miracles, and through that had a witness that he was the Messiah. One gets the impression that she remains in the shadows, perhaps because of her condition. Until this singular moment, she was invisible. She doesn't feel she can approach the Savior directly, but her faith is strong enough that she feels she will be healed if she can but touch his clothes. Her history has been a horrible one. She has wasted her money on physicians. Under their care, she grew worse rather than better. As a demonstration of the power of her faith, she is instantly healed of what is referred to as that plague. Clearly, in the crowd, Christ was heavily jostled. However, immediately upon feeling power leave his body, he stopped and inquired who had touched him. Peter, close to the Savior, but unaware of what has happened, actually rebukes the Savior. Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? Christ's answer is very revealing, as recorded by Luke, himself a physician. Luke eight forty six, And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Virtue, in this instance, clearly refers to the source of Christ's power. It is his perfection. He equates virtue with power, or more accurately, because of his perfection, he has perfect power. Healing is both physical and spiritual, not only for the one being healed, but for the healer. It is an effort for Christ to heal because it leads to a physical exhaustion. Righteousness is important, Peter tells us. Second Peter 1 5 And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. Again, faith is emphasized as necessary for miracles. Luke eight forty eight, And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Following the healing of the woman with the issue of blood, we have one of the greatest miracles of all, raising the dead. One purpose of this miracle is to testify that Christ has power over life and death. It is a forerunner, of one of the greatest blessings of the atonement, the resurrection of the dead. Ultimately, everyone will be resurrected or raised from the dead, as Paul said, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Matthew records the story of Jairus. Matthew nine nineteen through twenty one twenty four through twenty six. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise. 
he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in, and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. The accounts of the Gospels differ slightly. Matthew records, My daughter is now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Mark records, Mark 5.23 My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come, and lay thy hands upon her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Luke's account agrees with Mark. For he had only one daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. Matthew's account is truncated. Both Mark and Luke give the name of the ruler. His name is Jairus, and he is the ruler of the synagogue. Apparently, while Jesus was distracted by the woman with the issue of blood, the daughter of Jairus died. In very human terms, one can imagine the impatience Jairus may have felt when Christ stopped and inquired after the anonymous woman who had touched him. Mark records the words of Jairus, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. Even with the urgency of the matter at hand, Christ stopped the enormous crowd and sought out the woman who had touched him. That lesson cannot be missed. No matter what importance confronts the Savior, Christ is never too busy to tend to our silent cries for help. It would have only taken a few moments, but during that time Christ talked to the woman whom he had just healed, the daughter of Jairus died. Even while Christ was speaking to the woman, people came from Jairus' house and announced, Mark 5.35 Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Christ immediately turned to Jairus, who must have been devastated, and said these comforting words. As soon as Jesus heard the words that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. When they reached the home of Jairus, the funeral had already begun. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise. Even with all the other miracles of Jesus, which undoubtedly Jairus the ruler of the synagogue would have heard and perhaps witnessed, no one had been brought back from the dead. Yet the Savior said, Be not afraid, only believe. Imagine being in his shoes. Imagine your own faith, tested the way the father of the little girl was tested. And Jairus passed the test. He believed that Jesus could raise his daughter from the dead. You can see the escalation of miracles. The first miracle was merely turning water to wine. Now Christ was raising the dead to life. It is the scope of the power of Jesus that we're being taught. Of course, those who were mourning, who didn't have faith, mocked Jesus. Matthew nine twenty four, He said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. For this most sacred of all occasions, Christ would not allow unbelievers in the room. First Christ selected the three leading apostles, Mark records. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James, and John the brother of James. All those who left were also dismissed. Only five remained, Mark records. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. That above all demonstrates the greatness of the parents' faith, even amidst their greatest sorrow. 
Mark and Luke give further accounts of the glorious event. Mark five forty one through 43 And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is, being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel rose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Luke eight fifty four through 56 And he put them all out, and took her by the hand, and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. From the above accounts, we learn the girl's age. She was 12 years old. Luke adds another interesting detail. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. At death, the spirit leaves the body. This is confirmation that the little girl was indeed dead. The image, of course, is a type of the resurrection. The spirit of the little girl came back to her mortal body, meaning she will die again at the appointed time. In the resurrection, however, the immortal spirit will be reunited with a resurrected immortal body, and the body will never die again. Matthew chapter 9 is a testimony of the scope of Christ's power while in the flesh. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.